Earth is hell, and we are the demons. Welcome back to Zero Credits on this special episode of a fucking shit. <laughs> That's that does not flow again. Mystery shack full of things, a foot in a foot, surrounded by trees. What? Dipper is skeletons and Mabel is pigs and lights and then you have Stan who is Stan and there's a giant bat highballs and codes and gravity falls it starts right now zero credits hey there everybody and welcome to another zero credits supplemental reading and yes earth is hell and we are the demons i'm john and i'm henry and today we're joined by a special guest michael to discuss the uh what is it the disney show gravity falls that is correct uh directed by alex hirsch created by alex hirsch and starring alex hirsch in part certainly how do you feel about this show michael love it how do you feel about this show henry i love it I also love it, and we love it so much that our discussion here tonight will be of the show in its entirety. So we will spoil anything, everything, nothing is off limits. In case you didn't get the memo earlier, these supplemental readings are to follow your enjoyment of the thing we are talking about. So you should enjoy the thing in its entirety without our commentary, and then indulge yourself later as you listen to three opinionated white dudes talk about it. How great it would be. Would it be if we could have done commentary? Oh, like a commentary track? Yeah. We need to get on that. Let's get on that. That would be cool. Sorry. Just gonna need to move. I didn't want to do it. Sorry. I understand. We don't edit things out, so that's in. Oh, okay, good. All right. I'm actually going to uh, make it three times louder and put an echo on it, (laughs) so just so you're aware. (laughs) All right, so Gravity Falls. Did you guys know? That Gravity Falls premiered in June of 2012? What? Yeah, that's 62012. That's four years ago. (sighs) That seems like a while. Do you know when it ended? No. February of 2016. What? Yeah, four years. So four years for for two seasons. Because the, the seasons were not shown all at once. Oh, did they do like half seasons? Uh, basically what happened was they showed eight episodes of season one weekly, and then after that they kind of aired whenever one was completed. Huh. Each episode took about six months to complete. Wow. And so, after a while they started like stockpiling them, so then they could release the final twelve of Which season one. Which is what one. a lot of shows do nowadays anyway. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh, I didn't realize that, that was... I guess they... Were they, like... Didn't have enough of a following that people were, you know, crying out in rage? Or was it a thing where uh, he just had the flexibility to do what he wanted to because he had control? Here's the thing about animated shows. No one knows why this is the case. Like, hmm. I mean, if you look at uh, Steven Universe, just went on a hiatus about a month ago in the middle of a season. It just kind of happens. Sometimes happens. Yeah. Animated shows are difficult. And, uh, this difficult animated show, uh, set him up with some exposition, Henry. What's it about? Oh, I still have more background. Okay. How many networks was Gravity Falls aired on? 
The big seven. <laughs> Just two. Huh. Yeah. Well, two of the big seven, that's what I meant. <laughs> it premiered on Disney. Okay. But the second season was moved to Disney XD. Yeah, XD. Where apparently it's the Wild West of animation. Like late night Disney. Pretty much. There's there's not as much censorship, it turns out, on Disney XD. They have a lot more flexibility. Which they made good use of. Yeah. Later on in the show. So here's the premise. Anyone else can chime in. I don't, I don't have to own the premise. Feel free to own the premise. Own that premise. It's uh, two people, and they have a podcast, and they just... Oh, sorry. <laughs> now, the premise of Gravity Falls is about uh, some twins, Dipper and Mabel Pines, who are spending the summer with their great-uncle Stan in the town of Gravity Falls, Oregon. I'm sorry, great-uncle? Yeah. Think you mean... Gronkle. Yes. Grunkle. Great, great uncle stuff. means grunkle. Well, yeah, yes, grunkle. Yeah, great, great uncle is short for grunkle. Exactly. So they're staying with their grunkle Stan. Yep. In his uh, mystery shack, which is this kind of fraudulent shack of uh, like urban legends and cryptozoologies, zoological items, and um, they're spending the summer there away from their parents and the entire series takes place uh, in and around the Mystery Shack in this town during their summer spent with their grunkle. Yep. And what's weird about the town? Is it? I mean, is it a normal town? Most everything's weird about the town. Exactly. That, right? Um, but it's, if I'm remembering right, nobody, it's not like, it's not like Eureka or, um, I don't know, Mid, uh, Night Vale or something where everybody knows it's weird and they're cool with it. It's kind of the thing where... There's weird stuff going on, but people either turn a blind eye or they don't know about it. Yeah. For the most part until, you know, shit hits the fan. But. I mean, that's explained for the most part in an episode and I think the second season. What yeah. is it? The Society of the Blind Eye? The Society of the Blind Eye. Which, uh, which informs the rest of the series retroactively by saying that there is this, this force at work that wipes people's minds and uh, removes knowledge of the crazy, like, mythological, cryptozoological things that are happening in the town. That's right, with their, like, steampunk neuralizers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The but, uh, memory wipe gun. Yeah. The, the show borrows a lot from things like uh, Twin Peaks, Erie, Indiana. Mm. Um, various uh, horror writers throughout history have influenced this show a lot. Definitely. Yeah, it kind of, what's the word, capitalizes on, the, like, the weird Pacific Northwest just huge spans of forest, and you don't know what's hiding in those forests, and apparently... Lots of weird stories, and people go missing, and... Yeah. It also capitalizes on the weird tourist trap, road trip destination kind of thing. That oddity museum, or like, Big Ball of Twine, or whatever, just, yeah. Which which is like, I've always wondered, who stops at these things? (laughs) And that's one of the the major kind of gags of the show, is this like... Apparently, people who just want to throw money away. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Uh, generally, the answer to who stops at things like that, me. You? You stop at things like that? I, I think they're worth seeing. And I I do think the show plays into that mentality quite a bit in that it's a it's very kind of playful and mysterious tone that you get from, uh, you know, the, the childlike excitement you get where, like, it's a giant ball of twine, it's a mysterious rock, you know, these... 
these tourist trappy things that that play into this like childlike sense of wonder and maybe naivete about what's out there except in gravity falls these things are real yeah and i love there's that episode i don't remember if it's first season or second but i love the episode where uh grunkle stan goes on vacation or whatever and then mabel is running the shop they like uh, make a bet or something yeah they make a and bet she they, she finds out that and i really like the the what this is saying but it's basically that the 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 tourists know that it's not real and they're they're fine with that they just they come for the show and the the weird experience and there's a guy that's doing this or whatever cuz she actually I think she brings in something that is a real monster or whatever, and everybody thinks it's fake, and it's whatever, and it's like, yeah, this is bullshit and all that. And then uh, then you get to see flashbacks of Grunkle Stan doing his thing, where it's just like uh, some coat hangers and super glue and feathers, and it's supposed to be a unicorn or something. And, and then he makes a joke about how it, you know, something about weight loss and something, and everybody gets a, gets a kick out of it, and it's silliness. But it, I like that idea of... The, the customers are in on the joke, and they're fine with that. It's an experience. Yeah. It's a road trip thing. It's something to do. People, yeah. I, I like the idea that people really don't want to know that it's real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, very good point. Because, yeah, things are horrifying, you know. <laughs> uh, the, the thing that gets brought in, if you stare into its eyes, it shows you, like, your death or something like that. It shows your greatest fear. Right, and that's so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People end up becoming <laughs> hospitalized. Because it's it's an exhibit and this weird mystery shack thing. That's right, because it's like a weird chupacabra type animal thing or something. Yeah, baboon oh. thing. I don't remember, but yeah, it had a clever name. I mean, I, I think that's where a lot of what makes the show so effective comes from is that it is ostensibly a show for kids or maybe early teenagers or something like that. But it's a show everyone can enjoy. But a lot of what it taps into is this kind of forbidden feeling, like the show doesn't necessarily feel like it's playing by rules it show it feels like it's showing you something that's like new and interesting and menacing you know it 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 taps into this by like having a show that actually has you know mythology and stakes and Mm -hmm. chronology it's it's something that requires you to invest in it which is very different from how usual uh like children's television is it wants you to be a part of what's going on Everything yeah. that changes stays changed, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It's not a return to the status quo. Every, I mean, it is to some degree or whatever. Somebody messes up, and then they become friends at the end or whatever. But yeah. things that permanent things that change stay changed, and that's that's a cool. The emotions return to a status quo, but the physical right. things that have happened will have always have happened in the show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The S falls from the mystery shack, and that S is missing for like the rest of the show. Until they replace it, and then it falls again. <laughs> and during one episode early on, a character adds a zero to the price of something in the mystery shack. In the background, that zero remains there for the rest of the for the rest of the run of the television show. And it's it's so strange that this show exists, and it's kind of disappointing that it's so surprising. Because, like I said, it it requires you to invest and and be a part of it, unlike really any other kids show out there. I haven't seen Steven Universe, but I've heard comparisons. But it, it I mean, Adventure Time does that a little, but it's mm-hmm. it's Adventure Time's a little more zany, wacky. So it's yeah, less grounded in reality. I guess would be Adventure Time's chronology is a little more nebulous in that right. you can tell it's happening, but you might not be able to like place a one-off on a timeline right and and the the first season of gravity falls is kind of like that where it's like things are happening in a specific order but 
their order doesn't really matter as much. Mm-hmm. It's not until about season two starts where it's like, okay, now we're gonna... Things are coming to a head. Right. I mean, there's pretty, like, heavy vignetting. Not, like, in the photography effect sense, but, like... Oh, Ken Burns, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, slow... all over this through. But no, there's there's very much a, a vignette feel to the first season where every episode is kind of contained in and of itself. It's a problem that arises and gets solved by the end. Sure. But, uh... And Freak of the Week. Yeah, Freak yeah, of the Freak Week, of the definitely. Week. And then, you know, by, by the second season, they feel like they've, like indoctrinated people into this universe enough that they can start telling a story that's bigger than one episode yeah right on oh yeah that's true because where does the where does what is it the end when does other grunkle show up is that the end of the first end of the that's like three episodes into the second season okay Mm -hmm. yeah that so the way that that whole thing worked was we see grunkle stand like in the vending machine at the end of the first episode right we don't see that again until the end of the season finale of season one Mm -hmm. and then season two they start like they ramp it up exponentially where it's like kind of every episode we're in that the basement again and where is this going yeah what's yeah right 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 and then like the the thing happens and it's like all right well from now on Nothing is normal, but then you have that one Dragons and du- Dungeons and Dragons episode, <laughs> which is great. But it's, it's also great, like yeah. I guess we have to give uh, Ford one a of, little more screen time. Yeah, give his own. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. You get a little. Yeah, because you want to know whether or not you should like this guy or feel sympathy for him or be on his side at all. Uh, it it is a lot of ways. Between, the difference between season one and season two is very similar to the difference between season one and season two in Carnival. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, and like, and it's you know sort of a freak show. There's other comparisons to that, but like, you know, season one is so, like under the uh, behind closed doors, and you think some shit's going on, but you can't really see it all. Yeah, and then season two, it's just like <laughs> everything's flung open, and it's like crazy, crazy town everywhere mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, the curtain is revealed. All of the mysteries are kind of explained in one second. Exactly, <laughs> and it's like, all right, now that we have the knowledge, we have to face this thing. Where do we go now? Gravity Falls kind of does the same thing with the journals. Oh yeah, the journals. That's true. The way they, uh, where they play it because they're they're there from the beginning, or it's there from the yeah. The first one is from the first episode, I guess. But then he finds the second, and then like someone the, else has the third. The second is revealed in uh, the season finale of episode one, mm. and then the third one is revealed in season two, or maybe it's like they're both revealed at the same time. It was, it was close to each other. It yeah. might have been within a couple episodes or something. But uh, it's just like, but then we find the author, and then all of the mysteries of the journal are kind of solved. Right. And then we move on from there with, you know, weird Mageddon. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, think Mag- that, I think that that's something that, I mean, Gravity Falls had a pretty large following in like, you know, children and teenagers and so preteens. It was popular. It, it was, was. It was. It was popular. Um, it had trouble with the network, but it, it had a, a very strong following, but it, it, I think a lot of its popularity comes from the fact that it's a show that is ostensibly for people who enjoy cartoons, be them like children or preteens or teens or whatever, but it, it had stakes in a way that people are not willing to put on television that isn't like on HBO in a, in a weird way. That's you know, true. it, it had more stakes than a sitcom with like millions of viewers because it, it had, these characters in a world trying to make sense of the world basically at the same pace as the viewers. And in addition to that, it managed to 
keep expectations pretty high by having stakes. Let's take like Bill, for example. And like Bill Cipher is a fantastic villain, awesome top to villain. bottom. Yes. And what was so impressive about Bill as a character was that he was able to, in a show where people, uh, for the most part, cannot die and cannot have violence visited upon them in, in any unsavory way. way. Yeah. But he managed to be able to do things that you didn't want to see. <laughs> he, he managed to be able to do things to these characters to like set them back or do unpleasant things to them or change their life or life trajectory in such a way that you were legitimately afraid of Bill Cipher and what he would do to the story that you're growing to love. I mean, when he, when he was, uh, when he possessed Dipper. Oh yeah. That episode that was there was some creepiness going on there like with the eyes and just the like uh in the mannerisms I suppose too but they were able to do so much without you know resorting to like any having blood or gore or you know uh even direct implications I guess but it, it yeah he comes across as very creepy but somehow charismatic like Malcolm McDowell in Clockwork Orange where yeah. he's like this is a horrible horrible guy I would not want to be anywhere near him but He's fun to watch. He's he's menacing with a smile, you know. Mm. It's kind of like you kind of look forward to seeing him, but at the same time you don't. He's mm. got a top hat. He's got a top and a cane. And a cane. Um, but I, I think because of his particular like weird set of powers where he's like he's in the mindscape. He's a very mental mm. villain. It's kind of like he almost has to be that because you can't be outright just kill people. Mm-hmm. You True. can't like maim people. But you can mess with their mind. Which is like a universally unsettling thing. Mm -hmm. Anybody's going to have issues with that of, oh, I can get inside your mind and make you think, make you doubt reality or make you uh, maybe take control of your body or whatever. That's that's pretty Mm -hmm. freaky. Yes. I can use your head as a portal into your world (laughs) where I'm going to do that for everyone and bring all my weird friends over. And then we're just going to get freaky with your entire existence. Maybe I'll make it thrown out of all the townspeople. Who knows? And I mean, it's very much in keeping with uh, what Gravity Falls kind of is, because it's a show kind of targeted at the mind. You know, with uh, with all... It's like replete with ciphers and weird little mathematic jokes yeah. and things to catch in the background. It's it's a show that like stimulates the mind and like is very clearly trying to make you think... And its villain, his thing is he fucks with the way you think. <laughs> yeah. He he can change the way you think. And then, you know, when the whole weird Mageddon thing turns around, he just changes the nature of reality. Oops, there goes gravity. Oops, Whoa. mom's spaghetti. Falls. <laughs> so that's a question I was going to ask earlier. Okay. Um, before we started. And um, I, I haven't done the research to know this for sure, but is I didn't think about this till today. His name's Bill Cipher. Yes. And then uh, we made the jokes about ciphers and all that a little while ago. Yeah. Is Bill like the key to uh, one of the ciphers in the trivia or something like that? Is there a... You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think... I think so. I think Bill has had things to do with ciphers. And I know that uh, when Weird Mageddon starts happening... And you know the the intro changes. Um, I think the like the key on the cipher changes. Right, right. And uh, every bit of hidden information, a little bit pre Weird Mageddon and post Weird Mageddon, is all about Bill, as if Bill is like altering the reality that you're decoding through the show. Yes, it's oh, interesting. Yeah, this show's great with really? just like what they call ARG, which is like 
what, what do they call that? Alternate reality game. Yeah, alternate reality oh, game. Oh, fair enough. Where it's like, you're figuring things out in the re- real world to figure things out in the cartoon or gotcha. in the video game where you most m- more likely see ARGs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like, the amount of love and detail that Alex Hirsch put into the show is amazing. Super attention to detail. As, I mean, like, Dipper, his, you know, his name, uh, I don't remember if it was because of the Big Dipper. That's where he got his nickname. They never actually reveal his real name. Real name. But, mm-hmm. that, like, there is, that's a part of one of the trivia pieces. I, I did look that up. There's something about, like, uh, apparently um, one of the names of the people that, uh, like, have done recent research on the Big Dipper, their, um, uh, Alex Hirsch was a big fan, and... Uh, Wrote them into the story and one and, and like it's a uh, the the time travel guy, Blinden. 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 Thank you. Blinden. Uh, Blinden. That's not that's not the, the astronomer's name, but uh, <laughs> voiced by Justin Roiland. Great character. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was written into there, and that person had gone on to do a lot of other crazy things and uh, or you know amazing things in the field of astronomy and science and stuff and new new discoveries. And that, there's other ones roped in there, but I don't know them all, but. Uh, it was kind of neat that like he ties things that he's a fan of and things that he finds interesting and puts it because that that's really you know the best way to make a thing that stands out and people other people will find interesting. I mean, if you really do love it and find it interesting yourself, then there will be others that will as well. Yeah. And if they don't, then you have a thing that you love. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's that's something that speaks to the Adventure Time versus Gravity Falls kind of thing. Not versus. Right. But, okay, let's... <laughs> They're completely different entities, really, you know? But let's say we're talking about the chronology, which is what we're talking about, and how it's it's hard to nail something like that down for Adventure Time. And I think it's because Gravity Falls is such a unified, personal, creative vision, whereas Adventure Time is something that passes, you know, through a lot of people's hands. A lot of people affect change on something like Adventure Time, whereas, you know, if you have something like Over the Garden Wall or Gravity Falls, and, like, one person has a very specific, very, like, passionate idea for something, then it'll really, like, come through and be really unique over its entire span instead of you know feeling like it's the product of multiple people who maybe have different ideas for where they want it to eventually go sure sure oh yeah yeah and just the amount of detail into every aspect of the show like uh, i i read some of the character notes for dipper and mabel and alex like put forth a whole bunch of rules about the twins where it's like they can't directly be mad at each other they can be mad about things that they've done but they can't stay mad. It's just like, uh, at the end of the day, they will always course, love each other. their bond is, yeah. Their bond I was going to say, because they were definitely mad at each other they, at different moments, yeah. but they got over it. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. and like the biggest moment where they're upset with each other is the moment right before the series finale. So I think yeah. another thing is just like, by not showing them upset with each other so much, when they are upset with each other, it's literally almost the end of the world. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And I mean, Alex Hirsch, uh, he really kept a tight creative leash on the project, um, like you said, with, with the twins. But uh, whenever it was in other people's hands, he would, you know, lay out where he wanted the story to go, uh, the steps he wanted people to take to reach that, if possible, the things he didn't want them to do. Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, one of the characters that was really hard to write around was Grunkle Stan, because he couldn't do or say certain things <laughs> for very specific reasons. Of course, of course. Oh yeah, I, the the 
the season opener of season two with the zombies. Oh, and, uh, such a great. Uh, uh, sorry, everything about that episode is very yeah. Good. But but the moment where Grunkle Stan has to like admit to Dipper, yeah. yes, I know there's weird things. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> right yeah. Now. It's like I don't tell you about them to protect you. I was just like. What? Is the whole show changing? This is great! <laughs> yep. <laughs> also, let's just talk about that zombie episode for a hot minute. Dude. Man, the animation in this show is something else. When that, like, disco ball or whatever is inside the zombie and the, like, color grading changes and they the create these crazy out. gradient colors. Oh, it's so good. You're just making us look more awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was so well done. Oh, and, uh... Gotta get them brains, dudes. <laughs> I love, I love Zeus zombie. Let's talk about Zeus. Zeus. Let's talk about Zeus I, for a second. Zeus. I feel like we have to talk about Zeus. Did you guys know he was voiced by Alex Hirsch? Yep. No, I had I, no idea. I knew Alex Hirsch voiced Grunkle Stan. I did not know he voiced Zeus. That's so great. I think Zeus is actually based, much like I think all of the characters in Gravity Falls, it's based off of someone in ha- Alex Hirsch's past. Okay. That he knew who was very similar to this character. Just like, uh, Dipper and Mabel are based off of him and his sister. His, his twin sister. He does have a twin sister. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Fair enough. Write what you know. Write what you know. Mm-hmm. But Seuss is just like the best <laughs> down-to-earth handyman guy. Loyal, you know. Yeah. Backbone. And he really is, because, I mean, he is integral to the show, because, you know, if he hadn't been there, so many things would have gone wrong. And so, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, he is, he's that, you know, lovable, seeming fuck up kind of guy but he's also kind of really good at his job and will come through in a pinch you know as you need him to and uh because there was the episode where um uh dipper was kind of like uh no Seuss, we you know we, we, you stick back on this one because he didn't i don't remember what he was a dinosaur pterodactyl, pterodactyl yeah. yeah and he didn't want to like he thought seuss was going to mess things up and it was really important and uh but then you find out, no, Seuss is kind of awesome, and he can take care of things when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Also, he gets stuck in uh, uh, arcade games sometimes, you know? Oh, that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going into the game. <laughs> Surprised I had done this before, dude. <laughs> uh, also, just video game references in this show. Oh, Top notch. man, yes. Top notch, incredible, like really good, uh, little, like sprite animation, that dating game episode. And... Well, the, the, the video game episode with the guy that comes Wait, out mm-hmm. and fights, well, I think that might be the same one. Fighter Mick something. That's, oh, it's yeah. two different episodes. One's the dating simulator one with anything oh, can happen. that's plan. right, the anime. Anything yes. can happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. So good. <laughs> Oh, and the music's good. That's a good show. It's a great show. show. Such around. a good show. And the amount of guest stars they pulled. You got John Oliver as Wax Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. You got Carrie Walgren and... What's his name? That guy. Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Fillion. Nathan Fillion <laughs> as a... The Northwests, the the rich people of the town. Oh, that's oh really? They're nice. both. He's, yes. Oh, that's awesome. And Carrie Walgren also voices the reporter. Yep. Carrie Walgren, fan of the show. Yeah, she is a fan of our show. That's awesome. Carrie Walgren, Hell yeah. fan of Zero Credits. We're just plugging her every chance we get. No big deal. <laughs> um, you know, another thing, speaking of the Northwest that I really like about this show, uh, given it's the way the characters are written, in that, for the most part, even the really bad guys, or maybe not all the really bad guys, because Bill is pretty reprehensible and you can't really see necessarily see his side of things a little bit, but... Let's say the human 
douchebags in the show, <laughs> like the Northwests and yeah. the, the bully and the you know the various uh, uh, emo rocker guy. I can't think. Robbie, of his name, but T J uh, Miller, T J Miller, awesome, uh, <laughs> such a great character. Uh, they all have balance to who they are. So like the North, the little girl Pacifica, she. Uh, you get to see her side of things where she's got this weird sort of like Pavlovian dog training that her parents have where like yeah. ring a bell and she has to do the thing and I don't know what happens if she doesn't do it but it's like really fucked up and dark mm-hmm. and then you see a bit about like why she is how she is and uh, also I loved also a lot of digs at like rich people yeah. there's that great joke about um when it's in the it's in the arcade game episode when the the guy oh, goes and smashes up, up the car, car and he's like dad no my... he's like it's all right son we'll just buy another I love <laughs> like, being rich <laughs> uh, one of my favorite moments with Pacific and Northwest was uh, when Dipper is talking to I think Mabel and he says if I ever see Pacific and Northwest again I'll tell her she's the worst and then like there's a knock on the door and he opens the door and like it's like slow pan up to Pacific and he's like you're the worst and just shuts the door <laughs> it's so great because yeah. they, they do a lot of not doing what you'd expect them to mm-hmm. do which is great and and I love that even after you see more of Pacifica it's not as though she's a happy she's it's not as though seeing that or the experiences make her a perfect person mm-hmm. so she's still her she's still kind of a douche to mabel and and to dipper and but she's you know less so she's more balanced yeah. now i guess mm-hmm. and that's i really like that they took the time to like write balanced characters especially inside characters because a lot of times they're flat and speaking of bright balanced characters robbie is wow. actually totally okay <laughs> like you hate robbie mm-hmm. and i mean also can we talk about the fact that Whenever Robbie isn't in a relationship, his heart hoodie is zipped down, and whenever he's in a relationship, it's zipped up. Can we talk about how good oh, that is? Can we, yes. Uh, can we talk about Robbie's parents too? No, how, the nice morticians. I loved his parents. Super normal. So weird. So weird. Oh, because it was a zombie episode, yeah. and they're like, and I love how they're cheerfully <laughs> like, stay like, oh. down. <laughs> No! And also, uh, speaking of writing like relatable characters and well-rounded characters, can we also talk about, <laughs> in addition <laughs> to the other things that I want us to talk about, uh, how perfectly this show captures uh, like amorous feelings that like kids yeah. at like 11, 12, 13 feel towards slightly older people yeah like um god what's her name wendy, wendy. Said, wendy. We haven't talked wendy about wendy corduroy yeah. yeah uh dipper's relationship with wendy is amazing yes so great. and so well handled because you know you can't have them to get together no mm-hmm. that would not be that realistic. would be creepy and that would be weird and you know you could easily if it's not done right then it would it could turn into a thing where she's a horrible person and then you just sort of wasted that character, but yeah, so mm-hmm. well, really well handled. It's yeah. like there, there were moments where you're, you wanted them to get together, but in the back of your mind, you realize they couldn't. It's like, no, I'm not. And, and so it's like when they're both really kind of adult about it. Well, not both. More Wendy is is more adult about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, well, yeah, that's that that's what has to happen. <laughs> you're twelve, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and when she's like, yeah, um, you're like a brother or friend. You're you're young you're super cool but you're a kid and then he's clearly not over it but he accepts it mm-hmm. yeah and you know in, in future episodes clearly he's not totally over it because he can't be because it's not like you know flick a switch and it's done but sure. like he's a super well-written character she's a super well-written character 
I, what I was going to say is, like, everyone's kind of shades of gray. There there really aren't any perfect characters. Oh, mm-hmm. Zeus. He, well, okay, okay so. there's one. <laughs> but, but even, like, Mabel, who's super, you know, pure, innocent, energetic, right. even she goes off the deep end a little, a few times, and, oh, and yeah. you know. And she's also self-centered, and, yeah. you know. It's uh, like, everyone is written with shades of gray, even Bill, but it wasn't in the show. Uh, really? They, they released recently, uh... The journal, like a an art book. Oh, that's cool. With with extra lore and stuff in it, and there are like hidden. There's like references to the fact that Bill comes from basically a flat world where people with four sides were the aristocrats, and they were seen uh-huh. as being superior. And he was just a three sided figure in a four sided world, a world that he then destroyed utterly and then moved on. Some... Well, see, now he's okay. Yeah. yeah I get that. Yeah. So, yeah. It was basically a weird reference to Flatland, which was a, it's a book, I forget by whom, but by a mathematician who kind of hmm. did all this weird geometry kind of jokes. Interesting. Okay. Gotcha. But uh, he comes from an alternate version right of Flatland where... Uh, so he was the outsider, loser, second yeah. class citizen or whatever. And, and then... so he rose up and enslaved everybody, destroyed his world, and moved on to the next world to conquer. Like any of us would. I mean, of course, that's the that's the next logical yeah. step. But it, it's like everyone is sort of, they have dimensions to them. E- even a... Uh, little Gideon. Little, well, little Gideon. Look, oh, little, yeah. That I, I was going to say, even a... Uh, what is that guy's name? With the, the weird face... What? He starts out as being a reporter and then... Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. What is, uh, what oh, is his name? I forget. It's something Tony. sad. Yeah. It's like Tony something. Yeah. <laughs> That's just my face. But, <laughs> but even the... Yeah. Oh, and he becomes mayor. He becomes so mayor. It's like there's so much love and attention to every character, even the villains, even mm-hmm. little Gideon. Even Oh, and I love the backstory for the hillbilly guy. Oh. How you find out what actually happened to him. Yeah. And like... Uh, it was uh, pretty pretty depressing. It was kind of actually a parallel to the Ice King in a way. Where you know, yeah. it was crazy because of you know. Only I, I think the the hillbilly guy whose name slips my mind. Me too. McFadson. McGucket. McGucket. Yeah. McGucket. Uh, he. I think he was more willing. I mean, yeah, like, of course. Like he did in design and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, okay, so let's in, in the last few minutes we have. <laughs> I don't know if we're we're getting close. But we like, are. We keep praising it, so let's, let's okay, talk about it. break this down into categories of like general writing, character writing, attention to detail. I don't know. Can I? Can I? Well, I don't know if I want to start with my biggest complaint for the show. We yeah, we, let's switch over to like complaints. So okay, we've been gushing long enough. Well, enough. Time to take Gravity Falls to task. Ah, like, damn right. Okay, it, it's a kids show. It is a kids show. Yeah, but given it's a near perfect show. And for me, being, I guess, who I am and what I like about cinema and, and, and different storytellings and things like that is, um, I think it would have been a much stronger ending had Grunkle Stan died. Died? died. I'm just, no, no, not died. Sorry, sorry. But had, not, had he not just instantly got his memory back? Because yeah. that seemed very, like, it, it, it undercut his sacrifice yeah. way, way much. To have him just like wake up and be like, "Oh yeah, the love healed me, and I'm good." I, I think some of that has to be the there. There must be like a bylaw at Disney where it's like no sad endings right. whatsoever. I mean, I feel like there was a point where like picked up 
the journal or something. He picked up something and like or like a newspaper photo book. Photo book and something like sparked his memory and he kind of came back a little end it there. That, yeah. yeah, that could have been, been nice. Not, not the full like get you know, stop it waddles, I'm trying to remember my life here exactly. or something. Yeah. Know. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, if you just leave it with like a okay, he's still in there. Yeah. And then or, we're done. or maybe that's the moment. You say, Stop it, Waddles, I'm trying to get my life back here, and that's the key, but then he's like, Wait, who's Waddles? You know, right. pull back from it. Very true. It, it, I I've read similar complaints about over the garden wall with the the, the, the woodsman's daughter coming back, where mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. let us have some resemblance of darkness at the end of the day, because that's that provides meaning to a lot of what yeah. just happened. And, and it's more realistic, to be honest. Not all the times you might win, but it might be more of a moral victory where it's like, oh, God, we we got rid of the most lovable character on the show. Like, <laughs> I mean, in some regards. It's a fair point. Yeah. Kind, kind of the best endings are always bittersweet because, you know, if you give someone like a lot of light and no darkness, it feels like saccharine. It feels like, what's the point? But if he gives people like a little bit of core sadness surrounded by all the, the mm-hmm. happiness and catharsis and resolution, it's a lot more meaningful because it feels a lot more like life. And, true. and in a way, I, like, Grunkle Stan had a point when he, he was like, I'm not using this brain for much. Like, his whole character was rife with the fact that, like, I'm not smart, smarter, or I'm not as smart as my brother. Right. Like, I'm more shadow and... Yeah. I, I'm the might guy, but then, like, I did nothing with my life but try to cheat people. So it's like, it would be a very meaningful end if this was the last thing he did with his memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it still could have, you still could have had the rest of the ending, like, had uh, Ford and Stan go sailing together... And but Stan is you know kind of still half blank or whatever. I mean he's still a, a, you know not a like empty shell idiot, but he's yeah. like yeah he's still figuring things out. But he's a long way from having getting back to where he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, they're still going on their trip, and it's still a nice like okay you know brothers that's cool. But yeah to just have it go from <laughs> weird Mageddon everything I'm going to do this amazing this one thing that will solve all the problems and it's a huge sacrifice it's a big deal I'm going to pay the ultimate <clears> price <throat> to do this I'm going to lose my identity and everything that I am and then oh wait never mind I get it back in five minutes mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean it uh it made me emotional kind of when that yeah. was the reveal then like when it happened when it all came back I'm like I, I feel like I was kind of cheated <laughs> out of my emotional response yeah you get really sad when he can't remember anything, and it's just like, man, like he really paid the price. Because say what you will about Grunkle Stan, he loved those kids, yeah. and he just wanted to be close with them because he's just like, these, this is my family now. This mm-hmm. is all I have. Mm-hmm. And to give all of that up to save the world, it's just like that's meaningful. Yeah, and that's like sad. And then like, biggest sacrifice anybody could have given, you know. You tear up for a second, and then it's like, oh, everyone's happy. You're why why waste I, my tears? Yeah, why that. am I crying? <laughs> yep. No, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> uh, oh, I I do have a complaint. Oh, John has a complaint. Weird Mageddon was too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. It's really a shame because <laughs> I really can't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> anything else after we weird mageddon was, was so, so good it really was it's like i'm gonna rearrange all the holes on your face they took every single thing that people <laughs> liked or latched onto or cared about about that show and brought 
all of it back. Yep. It was like the craziest fucking family reunion, <laughs> but also twisted it in dark ways. Like that theme. I love the theme song for the show. Mm-hmm. The theme song during Weird Mageddon. Creepy. Hey, I it spit. I chills <laughs> up my spine. It's just like. Why are you warping this thing I love? <laughs> because that's what Weird Mageddon did so perfectly, not just in the theme, but in everything. It took the things that you grew to love and, like, perverted them. Mm-hmm. It made them unpleasant to look at. It made this town you fell in love with this weird hellscape full of, like, mouth bats. <laughs> mouth bats. And there was the weird... Was the guy that was a... Was he an arm or... A, he was an arm and a head, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, get in my mouth. Hey, get in my mouth. Voiced by Louis C.K. Nice. Yes. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Also, hey. totally just looks like him. <laughs> That's great. Hey, I, I need you to get in my mouth. You should get in my mouth. Also, Come on! Were you too good to get in my mouth? Also, did Teeth just get killed or something? Yeah. Or did Teeth just eat Shmebulok? Teeth did something fucked up. He did. So- he might have eaten Shmebulok. I think Damn. Teeth ate Shmebulok. A, a lot of those weird monster cronies of Bills were voiced by other cartoon writers. Nice. nice. Yeah. Patrick McHale was one of them. Awesome. There are other names I recognize when I looked it up. That's cool. That's it's, awesome. It's just like, hey, you know how we all do this kind of weird thing? <laughs> Let's get together and do this <laughs> other weird thing. Also, the fact that Weird Mageddon gave you exactly what you wanted in that it was like, okay, uh, the most ridiculous, uh, like, dumb, adrenaline-pumping cathartic moment would be if everything you loved about this show just turned into a giant fucking robot we we uh we recomposed the theme song with all electric guitars and then we had them fight seriously so great that's that's all the the best decisions best thing on television (laughs) it is the the most like and these are our complaints. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just the most decadent choice. But like, fuck it. <laughs> you know what? We're going to have one of the arms beer, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. Because <laughs> why not? Remember that episode where we found dinosaurs? Let's weaponize one. <laughs> yep. Man. Well, I love the fact that, and this is a, a mistake that, or what I, you know, I haven't, I've not written a TV show, so I can't oh. say. I mean, I, say, I know better, but I'm just saying like, uh, but, a lot of shows I feel like, the big thing that happens, the big awesome twist or the big final reveal or whatever, when the bad guy gets their moment, yeah. a lot of times it's very short. I like that Weird Mageddon, you got to live in Weird Mageddon for a little while. Mm-hmm. Three and, episodes. And, yeah. So that was cool. It wasn't yeah. just like at the last half of the last episode. and it's like, But you got to really, you know, see what it was like for them hiding out and, you know, dealing with, oh, and there was, oh, man, the so resistance. many things. I'm just finally, yeah, the resistance, because you had the, the Manotars. The Manotars <laughs> yep. <Man of> <laughs> episode. <laughs> just, and then the six, the werebear, or the six-armed bear? Oh, was the he? multi-bear. Multi-bear, yeah. that was it. But the, there, just television never ends in a way that makes you feel like all the emotion you put into it was worth it, and Weird McKen totally did oh. that until the very end, which we already complained well, about. Sure. Yeah. But Fuck, Weird McGinn was so good. <laughs> Alright, I have a complaint. It's about season one. Oh. I really wished that things kicked off a little more quickly. The full first season to me feels like proof of concept. Um. Where it's like, this is the show we pitched, mm-hmm. and we were going to do that for like half of season one, and then we were going to ramp things up. And I really feel like production came down and said, no... That's the show. Right. And I, I feel like Alex Hirsch had to fight that, which might explain a few of the hiatuses, 
where he's like, no, like, we're ramping up to, like, a fully connected story. Don't know if you've, I don't know if you've noticed the episodes are continuous. They're, they're like, they're connected in every way. We're building up to something. Have you watched the show? (laughs) And and so I I feel like maybe, like, negotiating to get onto the other network where apparently it didn't matter as much was, like, a compromise. Maybe they had to lose some of their viewers, but... They got to tell the story they wanted to, to tell. I just wanted them to kind of get that started a little quicker. Yeah. And it could be a thing where it was like uh, pacing problems from becoming, I mean, could be from network problems. And maybe, maybe it wouldn't have, I don't know, maybe, did he originally just plan to do two seasons? Or did he, was I, he told like, you know, after the end of season one, all right, you got one more season, get it all done. He announced November 2015 that season two would be the final season. I don't think they knew until negotiations were done for Weird Mageddon. Ah, wow. Yeah, and I guess there was a lot of back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the only reason why... Um, <clears throat> I mean, I feel like the density of ideas in season one is so minuscule compared to the density of ideas sure. in season two. <laughs> that, like, it's much like Carnival. The first season's like... Okay, I can I can kind of get this, and season two is like fucking hit the gas. We're going. Here we go. So yeah, Better hold like, on. But if you started some of that in season one, if you could sprinkle, yeah, sprinkle it might more. feel a little more, mm-hmm. you know, balanced. It's a fair point. It's a fair point for sure. Yeah. I just you know. Yeah. No, I agree. Less episodes where they switch bodies, and more episodes where they fight demons. <laughs> I think that can be said of every television show. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's a thing where it's like. Maybe it was a conscious choice, similar to the choice of the the twins not being mad at each other often. It could maybe been. it was like, hey, let's let's give you the barest hint of really dark things in the future, and that way, when the really dark things happen, Weird Mageddon is the most awesome thing to be ever seen, mm-hmm. as and opposed to you know getting too much of a taste of it early on. That that could impact you know that could be. And in some ways, I feel like the the split between end of season one and beginning of season two is. It's really jarring, uh, in a way, because they had, uh, I think it's like ten shorts that they released between Mm. the end of season one and the beginning of season two that took place either in the interim or in the past, and there were these little tiny vignettes into the story, uh, told in this, I mean, all of Dipper's things were like, uh, found footage horror movies, because it was him literally recording what he was doing in (laughs) Gravity Falls. And it served as this really nice transition into season two, but I don't think those shorts are available on, I say, I don't think on Hulu where it's streaming. Right. I, I have not seen these shorts. That sounds awesome. They're a ver- a variable. They're they're a variable. They're variable. They're a very. You can avail yourself of these. You can. Uh, all right. So I, I have a bit of like a fun trivia type thing. All right. Um, I was on a plane with a television screen in front of me mm-hmm. that offered. Right. No, that wasn't it. I was on a plane where you could access TV on your laptop. That's what it was. Oh, you got a laptop. <laughs> God damn it! And uh, you could watch live TV, or for certain channels, you could watch kind of some programming they threw together for kids, basically. And uh, one of the channels they offered was Disney XD. And so they featured Gravity Falls. What do you think the episode they picked to put on this, this in-flight... Inter- the, in, the in-flight kids pack? Yeah, the in-flight kids pack. <laughs> what one episode do you think they Zombies. picked of Gravity Falls? I'm going to pick Weird Mageddon Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdest thing. 
Weirdest thing. A Tale of Two Stands. Really? The backstory wow. of the brothers is the one episode they picked for kids <laughs> to watch randomly. <laughs> exactly. The episode that you need a lot of lead up to. <laughs> just to sit out there by itself. You would get such a weird impression of that show if you just watched that. <laughs> That's so weird. It's one of the only episodes of a cold open. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only episodes that doesn't have the main characters in it besides... <laughs> It's all flashbacks. Stan and yeah. Ford. Also, it has an ending that makes no sense if you haven't. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, I, was, I was watching this, and I was thinking, wait, why is this the one episode they picked to put up on here? That makes no sense. Do something from season one. It's, it's probably just, a Charles Dickens fan was doing the programming. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's just because you, you, uh, you watch and you're like, oh, that's J.K. Simmons. I better subscribe to Disney XD. <laughs> As a kid, you're like, wait, that's the lion from Zootopia. Huh? <laughs> wait, that's J. Jonah Jameson. That's Whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> that's Mr. Whiplash. <laughs> that's Mr. Whiplash. He curses a lot. Yay! <laughs> he cursed that man to play the drums. He's a witch. He's a witch. <laughs> Oh, oh, good show! Super good show. I, I kind of want to just rewatch it, right? Again for a third time. Can we just go do that? We could. We could. What is that? That's a there. <laughs> yeah, I know. When I first heard it, it sounded like it was going to be Sanford and Son. <laughs> it turned into, I was like, oh. You know, if you think about it, Gravity Falls is kind of like Sanford and Son. Shacks <laughs> full of. Garbage. Crotchety old guy. Crotchety old guy. Uh, young <laughs> son. Sure. Son. <laughs> young relative. Young relative. Young and, uh, yeah. Crazy uh, neighbors. Gnomes. Gnomes. That's Shmebulak. right. Shmebulak. Shmebulak. Uh, triangle demigod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember all the times on Sanford and the Sun where he's like, I'm coming, Shmebulak. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, John just did a weird thing with his arms. That's. That's what... Heart attack thing? Or? Yeah, that's what he did. Oh. He died on set of a heart attack. No one knew. Anyway. So gravity falls. So gravity falls. Yes, it does. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to talk about other than they need to watch it. Uh, well, you've presumably already seen it all, but if yeah. you haven't... God, come on. Also, yeah. Wait, what am I saying? It. You should have watched this. <laughs> Why <laughs> else are you listening? <laughs> No, but tell other people to watch it. Yes, it is. I mean, it, what else is Alex Hirsch doing? Is he doing other things right now? I haven't looked. Uh, the last I heard, he got a a, sh- a a show order from Fox. Okay, okay. so he, he might be working on something else for Fox. But you know, animation. I was going to say, yeah, because if people support this, oh, then yeah. maybe he'll be more likely to get other things. From what I understand, both Alex Hirsch and Patrick McHale from Over the Garden Wall are both actively working on new shows. Wonderful. So, get ready for those supplemental readings. I mean, those are the two animators we decided to sponsor. (laughs) And they both fell out of Adventure Time. Oh, just like Rebecca Sugar from uh, Steven Universe. Oh, should we all watch Steven Universe then do a supplemental reading about that if it's good? Oh. I, I know nothing about it. What if it's good? I've watched about six episodes so far. Is it good? It's good. I, what's your it's first? It's not as good as Gravity Falls, but it's good. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So far. I mean, it's it's a little like, I mean, the episodes are 12 minutes long, which is cool. Yeah. I'm okay with that, but oh. it's like, it's less to, you know, less Gross. to really get set up. And there's, there's less of like, um, you know, everything's more vignette, so... Yeah. It's a little less of that kind of thing. Oh. But you do get a little... I don't know. It's It's 
different. So yeah. you don't want to compare it completely to Gravity things Falls. Need it's fun to, to watch. Things <laughs> need to be at least as good as Gravity Falls for us to do a supplementary. Which, by the way, is a show we've repeatedly called Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to be perfect or better. That's right. Look, you have to compete with some tough competition. You have to compete with Over the Garden Wall. Perfect. 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 Gravity Falls. Perfect. Perfect. Captain America Civil War. Eh. <laughs> we did do that one. What else have we done? I think that might have been it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Supplemental reading number three. <laughs> no? Wait. We've definitely done another one. What's the other one we did? It must have Stranger been... Things. Stranger Things. Stranger oh, Things. Also nice. perfect. Also, eh, I mean, yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Largely perfect. Man. Yeah. We need to have a catalog of all of the episodes we've done. Master document. <laughs> so we can just read it. But uh, I think that's probably going to do it for our talk. Yeah, I, I think if we haven't lauded this thing enough, <laughs> no one else can. And I mean, it's not like we're recommending it well to said. you because you've all listened to it, watched it. You've listened to us talk about how you've watched it. <laughs> it's great. It's perfect. Beautiful. It's great. It's perfect. Beautiful. Gravity Falls. So, uh... So, Michael... Thanks for coming on and talking about Gravity Falls with us. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Do I love you, talking uh, about Gravity Falls. Do you have anything that you'd like to uh, like to plug? Gravity Falls. All right. I should yeah. watch it. All right. Definitely. Rewatch it. Rewatch it. And then watch it again. Three, three watch. Three Hashtag watch. the three watch. Hashtag the three watch. Also listen to Zero Credits, because I'm... Uh, on there now. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah. On this episode, <laughs> every, every episode. No, but zero sorry, problem. Henry. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for having me. No, no, this is a uh, a lot of fun. We've, uh, I guess, I will plug uh, the other podcast. The, Do it uh, that I have been a part of, and you guys have been a part of. Why? Founding members. Uh, podcast party. Podcast party. What's I that know. about? It's a podcast where we uh, have a party. A oh. listening party for oh. podcasts. Oh. So we li- then we review them. We listen to a bunch of podcasts. It sounds great. That sounds really good. <laughs> and you <laughs> no, it sounds really boring. You say you say we're, you say we're on it? You guys are on there. Yeah, so that's why they should listen. That's it's right. really boring. <laughs> but we're on it. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> it's perfect. No, um, we we let the audience hear snippets of the of the podcast we're talking about, and then we berate the podcast and basically rip these people new ones if we want. Or it's or give Positive review sometimes. Most of the times we just say how great it is. <laughs> or how like gravity falls. Just <laughs> like Gravity Falls. <laughs> but uh, no, Podcast Party is a good time and y'all should listen to it. Yeah, look that up on iTunes. And uh, I have something to plug. You do? Yeah. What? Our social media presence. Oh. Uh, so you're just going to do it this episode? <laughs> I'll just let you do all of it. Okay, so if you want to get in touch with us and send us what you think we should supplementally read, we probably won't, but if you want to, send us an email at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. Put uh, in the subject line, it's perfect, it's great, beautiful, and we will know that you are talking about Gravity Falls. Uh, quick disclaimer, we probably will do whatever you tell us to because we crave your recognition and approval. Accurate. And if you want to register your recognition or approval with us on Twitter or disapproval and you want to correct us, get at us at zcpcwhj on twitter.com. That stands for Zero Credits Podcast with Henry John. 
and uh, send us a DM, send us a PM, you... but please don't send us a BM. <laughs> you say that every episode. <laughs> it's branding! <laughs> it doesn't even have, like, zero credits in it. How is it branding? It's branding. <laughs> oh, also, we have a Facebook. Henry made a Facebook. I made a Facebook. Zero credits on Facebook.com. It's pretty. Send us a PM. <laughs> send us a poke. But please don't. Send us a joke. It really doesn't have the same ring to it. Oh, speaking of joke, th- this has nothing to do with this episode. But I want the- I want them to know that we know now. You remember that riddle we couldn't crack? Yeah. It's like, what what can you make? What can you break? Or something? Or... Uh-huh. The-, the answer was joke. Wait. Make a joke. Yeah, makes sense. Make yeah. a joke. Take a joke. It- it- I forget all of it. I forget the whole riddle. But the answer was just joke. Oh. It was dumb. <laughs> That's not very good. Anyway, Facebook, get into contact with us and do things on that Facebook. Be our friends, like us. You can review us on Facebook or iTunes. Doesn't matter, we just want you. No matter where you are, like, comment, and subscribe. Like, comment, and subscribe to Michael at Hardy Action Theater Podcast Party is a Gmail at a hot g- com. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> It's a comedy hat at gmail.com. A comedy hat at gmail.com. And if you want to get in contact with Podcast Party on Twitter, it is. H, it's hat underscore comedy. Hat underscore. Uh, <laughs> fuck me. Hat underscore comedy. DMs. Hat J- underscore. John, just hat. Just read from the form that we make every guest fill out. We do that so we don't have to stumble over these things. We get them to fill out a form. Mm-hmm. Michael knows. He filled it out. It's true. I did. Read it for me. I just drew a Mickey Mouse face. See? Just read the Mickey Mouse. Okay. Well, that's going to do us. <laughs> we are really falling apart. Look. We only had three PBRs between us. <laughs> we didn't have enough fuel to leave the station. We just... We went... Gravity <laughs> Falls... Bye. Bye. Oh.